Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Making of Podcast. I am the uh, MIA hostess with the leastest. <laughs> I'm Ashley Hovez, and I have with me today, not Michael, but... I am not Michael. My name is Brian. I am Ashley's uh, worser half. <laughs> Bet- I can't say better half. Uh, worser half. Uh, but the person that is most likely to get her to sit down and record an episode of the show. I mean, it's only been like a year and a half. Yeah, we tried to get Michael on, and and by trying about two minutes before this, we texted him <laughs> to see if he would want to join us. Um, no, you even tried FaceTiming him. I did try FaceTiming him, and he is probably working because it's 3 o'clock on a Thursday. But Who works nowadays? I feel like the job market is so sparse. <laughs> no? It, it is... You know, I think only people who don't know how to make money without working work. Mm. Chew on that. <laughs> Anyways, why are we here? What why are, are we talking about what are we making? What the making of what? The making of um, your wife recording. That's why we're here. So Brian, he said, "No, I'm coming home early. What time are you getting off work?" Let's sit down and let's just tell everybody what you're doing because there's um, there's some stuff that we're trying to get done this year. I keep saying in 2022 and it's effing 2022. Yes. For reference, it is currently January 13th, 2022. So uh, hopefully we'll actually get this out in not too long of time so that way people can uh, kind of follow along in almost real time with Stay all of that. Straight. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I apologize, guys. I know I keep saying that I'm going to be more present in the group and create more content for you guys and interview all of our amazing guests. But gosh, like I've I've been busy in the office and our office is growing and um, which leads us to this episode because we are growing into a second location. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Let's take one step back before talking about the second location, because obviously that's going to be the big thing. But the practice is growing. Uh, just kind of give a, a little overview of Smile & Co. Part 1. Like, we're now four years, four and a half years. Yeah, we're a little over four years. We're a little over four years old. I have two part-time associates there are 12 employees total. I have three hygienists, four assistants. Well, three assistants plus Colin. I'm trying to take Colin out of chairside. And I have two front office and I have Judy, who you all know and love. And so your team has grown a lot over the years. I don't even remember the last time you and Michael talked, but you probably had somewhere around the same number of employees. Um, but why? So, you know, obviously we already dropped that you want to, you're opening a second location. So why are you going to four years in with what's now a full team and a successful practice? Why are we taking another step? Why are we changing things up and doing something different? Um, well, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> I asked you it for six you months straight. You asked me that every day. And I went back and forth and back and forth. I... I think it, what it boils down to is I love to build. 
I love to create. I love to see just the manifestation of what I have in my head. And we've had incredible success in our first location, but it also, our growth was being stifled by our capacity. Like we don't have parking, we don't have enough chairs, and I hate feeling cramped. It really does. Like I feel stifled when I'm in the office. I feel like I can't think and I'm the visionary of the practice. And I know that word gets thrown out a lot because so many of us have read traction, but I really like, I, I have big dreams and I have a lot of them and my mind, like I, when I'm in my office, I love my office, but I also just daydream about a bigger place, a bigger place that I could do this again and learn from the mistakes that I made in the beginning because there were lots of mistakes made. And I just, I don't know, like I, I just want to build. That's what I want to do. And I, and I know that the service that we provide is awesome. And I want to have the ability to serve more patients. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought about while you were giving that response, and I mean, obviously the fact that your favorite thing is to build practices, I think lends to why this is the only step that made sense. And, you know, for everyone's reference, I I think it was literally six, maybe nine months of actually trying to think about what she wanted to do next, how the practice was going to evolve, what the next steps were going to be. And I think every single day I kept asking her like, okay, why, why, why a second location? You know, this is something that came into her thought process a while ago uh, and kept trying to have her come up with why a second location. And, you know, she gave the, the, some of the answers that she gave today, um, but never really focused as much until the very end on the real answer, which was her dreams of building something big, building something better, building, just building something. Um, you know, which is obviously when we're on a podcast called the making of, I think it's, you know, it, it, this is a group, uh, this is a community of people that want to build something and contribute something unique to the world. And I think that's, that's really what it is because it's not capacity. I mean, you've had capacity issues since the very beginning. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been on this show, but I feel like every single time I talk about how you, you know, the average dentist is told that they're supposed to be able to get somebody in within a day or two, or at, at the very least uh, within a week. Uh, and, you know, I think the last time that we looked, your next available appointment is like May, yeah. um, which is stupid. Like it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but, but that's been a problem for four years, right? That's not, that's not something that's new. And so when we're thinking about why, why you're you're taking the step, why you're willing to take on these new challenges. It's, I, I, I love that answer because it really is just the idea of wanting to build something great. Yeah. But also I would never have the cojones to do it if you weren't always no, don't be nice to me because no, we're on really. tv no okay we're not on tv <laughs> we're, there's a screen we're, we're recording via zoom so yes we have we have the the visual component but this is not on tv this is just brian and i in our home before we have to go pick up our crazy boys 
And, but in all honesty, like it really has allowed me the freedom to be creative and to take risks and to explore, you know, building something else. If, if you didn't support me, <laughs> if you weren't my sugar daddy. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't take credit for any of that, but you're welcome. Well, so, so you decided to build a practice. Yes. What were you thinking? And so obviously you just wanted to build something. So there's a lot of different ways to build something. Mm-hmm. You could have just built a bigger building. Could have. You could have acquired a practice and transitioned it to Smile and Co. Mm-hmm. And you could have decided to build a practice anywhere. Mm-hmm. You've made a decision. We are on the eve of the supposed closing date of a building. Mm-hmm. What went through your head as you were trying to figure out the difference between all of those options and, and where you wanted to take this vision? I think it almost just landed in our laps because I knew that I wanted a bigger space for a while because like I said, it just felt claustrophobic in our office, but nothing was becoming available in our city in Folsom and the cost of doing ground up construction is bananas. Like, what is it now? Like 450 a square foot Not, or even more, right? Yeah, that's about what we're getting quoted. Yeah. 450 square foot for ground up construction. And, um, and then we met with a broker that you introduced me to. And he showed us, he showed us some buildings that were, because I wanted something that was about four to four. 4,000 square feet, roughly, four to f- ideally bigger, four to 5,000 square feet. And he showed us some properties and they just did not feel right. Like the location was good, but it, I mean, they were, they were fine buildings, but it wasn't anything that I like jumped at. And then after we were about to wrap up with that broker, he basically told Brian, like, hey, I have this other listing. I don't know if you'd be interested in seeing this. And he kind of described it. And, and I was in my own la-la land of thoughts. And, and then you were like, oh, do you want to see it today? Do you remember this conversation? Because mm-hmm. I was actually looking at the dental office, like literally neighbors to the building that he was showing us. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't hear all that discussion. And, and then when he told us about this other property, I thought, well, and, you know, it doesn't hurt. We're already all together. And I mean, if I can um, procrastinate a little before we pick up the boys, then, then that's a little bit more peace and quiet. So we ended up following him to this other location. And it almost felt like the first time that I saw our first office. Like as soon as I stepped into the building and I looked around, it just felt like this is it. You just know, like almost that first time that you saw me. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine like um, angels singing. Is that many many choirs? Many. (laughs) You just know. But but in all honesty, when you know, you know. And so you had an emotional response. I to had a, a very emotional response to this building. And I know you're never supposed to do business 
emotionally. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't conduct business when you're in an emotional state. And, but I will say, as soon as I walked through the building and then I saw your face, you also knew that I was going to have that feeling. <laughs> I, I like the words that you used. Yeah. It wasn't, I saw your face and you had a response. No, to, you knew. I saw your face and you knew how I was going to respond. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. I, when the second, the second we walked in, I knew you were in love with the building. Yeah. That is a hundred percent fact. Uh, it scared the living daylights out of me. Mm-hmm. The building. So for reference, uh, eventually we will be walking you through this, vil- this building. But for reference, this building was built as a wedding venue. And it is built as beautiful as you would expect for trying to convince people to spend tens of thousands of dollars in a space. It is gorgeous. Um, there are extremely high ceilings, um, gigantic windows. Ashley's making really funny faces if you're not watching this online, which I don't know how you could because... Why not upload it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's beautiful. And it, it looks every bit the part of we're trying to sell you on hosting your gorgeous Instagram worthy wedding here. And so of course it makes sense to build a dental practice in that location. (laughs) Yeah. So everything that I wanted smile and co to have the first time around the tall ceilings, the natural light, the floor to ceiling windows, the ample parking, (laughs) just, it's just all made sense. And I basically told the broker on the spot, like, okay, let's put in an offer (laughs) without talking to Brian because Brian basically knew. And then Brian and I, we went to lunch to talk about it. And then Brian was basically trying to convince me that I really didn't want to pursue this. Do you remember? I I tried really hard to talk you out of buying another building yes. and doing another startup. That is a hundred percent correct. There, uh, I, I even got, I even convinced your team to try to convince you. Okay. Let's, um, okay, <laughs> let's, let's fast forward that. Okay. So we ended up, so this was back in July, so June, ago? June. No, it was June. Wow. I didn't realize it's been that long. It's been forever. This is a long That's process. That's why they had so much fucking time to do what they had to do okay we don't have an explicit rating on this podcast that's your other podcast sorry michael for um cursing on your show um side plug actually there's another podcast (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm very squirrely so there's always something there's always something brewing in my head but okay so this was back in june the first time that we saw this building talked about it i went on a conference I even had Brian meet with the contractor, my my contractor, right. Dave, mm-hmm. and he brought his team of electricians, um, structural engineers, like the whole nine. And they met, they met with Brian at the space when I was out of state. And, and when I talked to Dave, when I got back, he basically said, that is an amazing building. And he's seen a lot of buildings. And 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 Dave, who knows you very well, he yes. has you know have yeah. worked well together. Dave is a, a a good friend, a great contractor that you know helped us with the first location. 
knows you the way, you know, I think fairly, fairly well with having gone through the intimate details of building the first location together. And he definitely knew that that was a space that inspired you. Yeah. Well, he, he, his words were basically like, I can see you in this space. This, this building is meant for you. So after, after they did their due diligence, it was green light. So we basically put in an offer. We put in, we went to Hawaii and I told you that you needed oh, to freak. think about what yes. your what you actually wanted oh with your life. Oh my gosh. Cuz I what was mean life decisions. <laughs> I was 100% convinced that she didn't actually want to open the second location. Um I shouldn't say that. That wasn't true. I I wasn't sure that she wanted to open a second location. I just know that she likes to do things and I felt like she wanted to pick up the side project of building another location that was twice as big as the first one. And it's not twice as big, is it? Almost. Hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, so 90% we went. Bigger. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I see a therapist also. <laughs> I see a therapist for many issues, and obviously this has been the topic of discussion for weeks on end. And it was also like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, where where do you see yourself? What brings you joy? What brings you happiness? And are you, are you really wanting this next project? And then I told her about your, um, your assignment for me to like try to figure things out when we're in Hawaii. And she's like, whoa, 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 let's not, let's not even go that far. Like, why are you trying to make life decisions when you're on vacation? Like, that's the time to shut things off. I was figuring I'd be chasing after your three sons while you're sitting down having a cocktail and you can think about a lot of things at that point. I love Hawaiian vacations with you. It's like the best. It's so true. Hey, I wasn't absent the whole time. Okay. I had a couple hours in the morning to myself. And then, and then I swam with you, even though like swimming is like a whole other issue, but that's on a little black dress pod. <laughs> See how I'm plugging the other stuff in. Anyways, I digress. So we went to Hawaii and then you came back without having an answer, without having an answer. And then we went a couple weeks again, whether or not we were going to pull the trigger. And on August 11th, August 13th. Okay. So my birthday is August 12th. Was it the day before or the day after? Don't know. Okay. Let's just, let's just say it was on my birthday. Sure. Around my birthday. It was decided, I decided that like, you know what, let's effing do this. So we got on the phone. We went to happy hour. Maybe we shouldn't make big decisions after consuming alcohol. I think we make a lot of decisions after consuming alcohol. I feel like that's so true. It's worked out okay so far. I mean, look at Cody. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Tia, my guys. Uh, for reference, Cody's our third son, who was born <laughs> roughly at the same time, or was as was, our grand celebration after the opening of Smiling Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was conceived uh, <laughs> almost immediately after Smiling Company and was born. Op four. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Tia, my guys. Um, <laughs> Your patients will never look at op four the same dude, way again. I know. No, op four wasn't even built yet. So. Touche. That's so right. you're safe. It was, yeah. it was op two. Um, okay, what were we talking about? 
Um, you, this on, is why on, we can do a show. On your birthday, you For made a birthday, decision. We had, we had a happy hour, and I told Brian, like, no, I want to do this. I really, really do. So we got on the phone with Scott, our broker, got him on speakerphone, and then I said, Scott, it's my birthday, and you know what I want for my birthday. I want that building. So we put in our LOI. We put in the offer, and... Then we had to wait the whole weekend because nobody does business on the weekend. And then they got back to us with a counter offer, which is actually pretty good, I feel. Pretty yeah. close. I mean, it, it was technically an off-market listing. It was an off-market listing. It, um, so, you know, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. And And then we accepted. And that was, yeah, around the end of August. Holy smokes, this has been a long journey. I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah. Yeah, because I have videos of us and it was like sunny and we're just like sweating. <laughs> no, I believe you. Yeah. I, I, it's just, you know, now being here. January. Holy know, smokes. Three and a half, four months later, um, thinking about how long it's been. And, you know, this is just, this isn't anything to do with actually building a practice, right? This is purely acquiring the the space to to build it in. It's a, uh, it's already been a long road. Can I, can I tell you, uh, I want to take a, a further step back just to confuse everybody else. You know, as we were looking through some of the different real estate and we worked with a couple of different people, we looked at many different buildings over time. Um, there was one building in Folsom, which is the town that Smilinka won. Uh, right now we're calling them part one and part two. Uh, I, I, I no, we're not calling it part two. <laughs> well, anyways, um, so there was a building in Folsom that was actually in a place where when my practice was looking for another location, it was what I had thought would, would be the ideal location for my practice. Um, that building had come along and we looked at it and it wasn't quite right. It had tenants in different loca- in locations that weren't ideal for you know us wanting to build out. Um, but I actually got really sad when that building was sold which one are you talking about the one um right by the freeway next yeah. to that plastic surgeon yeah um where there was there's four suites and then they were caddy corner yeah, yeah. so there, there it was a building that was a standalone building but it had four suites in it and three of the suites were occupied mm-hmm. um, but one of the suites was not on lease but the problem was the empty suite and the suite that wasn't on lease where you could have vacated those tenants uh, were catty corner from each other. They were not adjacent. So you could not utilize the two suites, which the, you know, I think together they would have been about 4,000 square feet. Um, Cause the entire building was about 8,000 square feet. Yeah. So two of the units would have been about 4,000, which is, which would have worked, but, um, but it wasn't ideal. I don't think I've ever told you this. I, when that building, you know, we, 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 we thought about it. We were like, yeah, that's probably not right. You know, this was, much earlier in the process, probably spring. Um, but when the broker got back to us and said that that building was no longer available, I was actually a little sad. Like, I, I don't know. I like those buildings. And though I think, so we ended up moving to a building that was about 20 minutes, 25 minutes away. So it's in a, a neighboring town, a neighboring suburb um, that's probably growing even faster than our current suburb is growing. Um, while this one was on the other side of Folsom. Um, so still in the same town, 
but kind of, uh, you know, 15 minutes driving away. And I don't know why I felt like that was relevant to talk about. Um, but I think it's interesting when we're thinking about like opening another location, because really what, what I think you've done by creating, by going to this very pretty distant place, you know, 25 minutes when you're, you know, in California and suburbs is a fairly good drive. Um, but what you're doing is really opening a whole nother demographic for the business side of things. Um, because, you know, if you're in Folsom, like essentially it would replace Smiling Co. Part 1 or, you know, or at least just extend it so that way you don't have as much problems with getting people in and blah, blah, blah. But really what I think you're doing with this location is you, it's, it's almost not relevant to the current patients that visit your your practice right now. It is a whole new patient population that you're going to be targeting, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, kind of fun. Fun and terrifying. Yeah. I'm not scared. (laughs) It's so interesting. This is surprising to me because we never even put a letter of intent on that building. Correct. I didn't even know you really liked it. Yeah, I didn't realize I did until it was gone. Right? Isn't that? Um, but it was snatched up very fast. Yeah, I, I I liked those that those building locations. I mean, so it's you know right off the freeway. You know, all of the growth in Folsom is happening on the other side of the freeway. Um, so I, I felt like it was, you know, that's the reason why I, we had looked at it for my my practice was that it, it really opened you up to, uh, you know, at least a lot of traffic and a lot of a lot of potential business being clo- that close to the freeway um, which you know I think are things that your current location doesn't have which you're not close to the freeway you're not exactly easy to get to you know nobody nobody we don't have signage you, nothing you, nobody sees you nobody like, sees. I mean you know thanks thank god you do all the advertise oh no sorry no. you don't advertise <laughs> Shut um, up. And, Anyways, okay, so so we got this building, and we, or this we, building. we put we put the offer in, we or we accepted the offer, and we've kind of been in this state Limbo. for the past three and a half months. And granted, holidays went in there, yeah. Um, and definitely, there's been some time that COVID has changed the mm-hmm. the time frame of things, just with things getting delayed. Um, but I mean, realistically, we could say a good three months of accepted offer, and we're trying to get there. Well. There's a lot of like backstory. Yeah. So Phil, Phil, what what's been going? Why is what is happening? Why are we taking so long? Well, we're taking so long because, I mean, you have to get all your decks in a row, right? Like it, to do a second startup within a four year period, it's a lot of money, and and we're not just opening a practice; we are buying the building, so that's a lot of money, and then we're doing a practice on top of that yeah. and full, full reno- renovations. Yeah. And- full renovation. So it's a lot of money and basically like you have to show the banks that you're going to be able to pay off the loans, to pay off the debt. And so we had, I mean, we've worked with two amazing banks and um, I had to get the attorney involved. Oh gosh, there's so many things that I will detail, I'm sure, in another show. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be good to kind of walk through each of the all, all the steps of like 
getting the loans and but, like. But, but bigger, but bigger picture, right? I mean, so I mean, three months is a long time. We're we're not even technically closed yet. Right. So so, but you said banks, attorneys. You know what else has been going on? Like what what are all these things that had to get taken care of? Oh, what else? Oh, and you decided to have an architect. Oh yeah. Contractors. Contractors. Um. And we're still like growing in our current location. And I decided to also do renovations in my current location and buy more tech there. And we have the podcast, Little Black Dress Pod, that we try to get up and running and planning a startup retreat. So all of these things are happening all at the same time. I'm not asking how busy you are. Well, everybody you're, knows you're, you're busy. talking about like <laughs> I'm just giving you a rundown of what, what all the what things been, what that I'm trying doing. to achieve yeah. at the same time. Yeah, you've been doing a lot. I agree. And you know, you're also mom to three boys, and you take care of me. But but I, 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 that wasn't a time that I was asking about. I, but it's more logistically, right? I mean, so right here, you started. You decided you wanted to do to have an architect help you with this one. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I went. I went back and forth about this because I'm glad you're bringing this up. He's strategically bringing this up because he's going to ask you, he's going to ask me about just where I am mentally. (laughs) I shouldn't say mentally, but my mindset in designing the second location versus the first. I know that's where he's taking this. Okay. So the first location guys, Smiling Co., a small and co number one can you just call it part one and part two part one okay small and co part one is about 1900 square feet and i designed the floor plan myself and i tried to cram as much as possible into that tiny space like really really cram it and i went to break away um no side cabinets try to make it lean and mean and just Try to squeeze all the juice out of that location. So how many operatories did you fit into 1900 square feet? So I have seven ops equipped. And this is also another conversation because I have seven ops equipped in 1900 square feet. And I wanted to equip. So you you have six built out. Seven. Okay. I have seven plumbed but six built out. And when we were hitting this capacity issue, my gut reaction was we need to, we need to build out the seventh op. So let me set the, the frame for you guys. We're in the middle of COVID. Nobody's sitting in the, in the waiting room. The waiting room has turned, and mind you, Smiling Company is a cosmetic office where Ashley loves doing cosmetic dentistry. So the waiting room that no longer seats patients has turned into the photo studio. There is uh, the consult room that is no longer being used as the consult room, but is turned into the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's office, which previously existed, had turned into a PPE room. Mm-hmm. And they have no room to put patients and so Ashley decides she wants to build out the seventh operatory because they need a seventh operatory to see more patients. Truth. Truth. 
And it was your idea. I pounded the table. I've rarely in the history of Smile Co. have pounded the table. Don't give me those looks. <laughs> I I have not. I have. He's very opinionated. I guys. am opinionated, but I have also let you do what you want to do because this is your practice. But that was one time that I felt very, very strongly that that was a terrible idea. And why did you think that? Seven operatories in 1900 square feet. When you're sitting, you have two doctors sharing a tiny office that was supposed to be a consult room as an office, meaning you don't have a consult room. And your waiting room currently was your photo studio. And so... Basically, no, we have no park. We have like five. And you have five, spots. five parking spots that are legitimately available and there's street parking. So it's not, it's not nearly as dire as it sounds, but there are actually only five parking spots in the property that we own. And so it was like, that doesn't make any sense just to see the seven patients. You need people already parking on the street. Mm-hmm. And then your cosmetic practice and your photo studio is the waiting room. And I said, by the way, at some point, I don't know when it's going to happen, but at some point people are going to want to sit in your waiting room again. And so having a photo studio in the waiting room and not having chairs for people to sit on (laughs) sounds like it's not a great idea. So Brian, I love that he is a big picture thinker and I am a whatever problem I see at the moment. Let's just like freaking fix it now. Like I, if, if we have, you know, if we're busy running around with our heads cut off, my gut reaction is let's hire another assistant. (laughs) Let's hire someone else to help. And that just adds to the mix. So we went back and forth. Like we butted heads so hard on this because I, I legitimately thought like, well, let's get the seventh op in and even you know, when the world returns back to normal, we we're still generating income from that. And you're like, no, that's not, not, that's not the plan. But the reason why we talk about this is because that mindset was very different from Smile and Co. Part 2. Well, it wasn't initially. Not at first. Not at first. When we first started looking at the space, we got the floor plan of the building that we're getting. And the first thing Ashley did was took out all the walls and figured out how to fit as many operatories as possible into this building. So I want you to pause the recording right now. <laughs> Go on the making of a Dental Sara Facebook group and then search through posts that I did. I, I uploaded, quote unquote, anonymously a floor <laughs> plan and I made it seem like someone was wanting their floor plan critiqued. Um, that was actually my floor plan, guys. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, I know. The um, It's crazy to because that floor plan, I actually fit 13 ops. Nuts. It was, um, yeah. And then Brian, again, he basically said, like, what are you doing? And I said, well, if we're going to build this, I have to make it efficient. We have to make the ops eight by 11 and, you know, squeeze as many, cause you know, you make your, your money in the ops and Brian's like, but that's really not what you do. And it's also not what's going to make you happy. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, well, it doesn't really matter what 
what's going to make me happy. Because at the end of the day, we're taking out a lot of money to buy this building, to then equip it and do this startup all over again. So we're starting with zero patients and it, it would be selfish of me to just create a really, you know, luxe office. Yeah. And I, and I think the focus on what truly made you happy was the thing that I had tried to focus on. I mean, I'd like to say since the very beginning of the inception of Smiling Company, which means before we even move forward with part one. Um, but, you know, the idea of just recreating this place that is claustrophobic and built to be able to, you know, fit as many patients into the space as possible just really didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's exactly the same conversation that we had about that seventh operatory, right? Like, I mean, the whole purpose of that practice was that you wanted to be able to create a gorgeous practice that, you know, gave you inspiration, that gave patients inspiration, where people wanted to come and hang out and spend and time. inspires the team. Inspires the team, inspires the patients, inspires the, the docs that are, you know, creating this life-changing dentistry. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I think that was that was a big part of the early conversations once we figured out, okay, yes, we were going to acquire the space. Like, how do we try to make this truly what you want as opposed to what has been hardwired you into, into you to think that you need to mm -hmm. be able to make a quote-unquote successful practice? Right. And it's so interesting to, to think about just how my practice has been and how my mind, my mindset has been. Like I've always struggled with comparing myself to other dental practices. I've always like, even though I know that we're doing amazing things, like if we're not at 50% overhead, if my numbers don't look, you know, as stellar, so to speak, as, as someone else's, like I, find that as a failure. And even when I, when I build my floor plan, like I almost feel like, and why would I be so like, am I even worthy of this? Like, and will patients come? Like, will I build this? Have it be, you know, like beautiful and not efficient and wasting quote unquote space. And at the end of the day, we're still not being able to, to see that many people, I guess, in my head. Like, there, I always have limiting beliefs. Like, mm -hmm. even, even though I know that we've done this before and we've been quite successful at it, the thought of doing this again in a new city is still terrifying to me. And I didn't think, oh, I, I mean, I you would think that the fear gets better, like the fear goes away because we already have one practice under our belt. But in fact, it it almost amplifies for me because the stakes are raised. The building is bigger. The loans are bigger. The pressure is on. Whether or not there's actual pressure or that there's just the pressure that I put on myself so there was a lot of back and forth between Brian and I because he kept telling me like, I don't, 
care, like whatever you decide to design your, your office to look like. But at the end of the day, if it's not something that you truly want and are truly going to be happy and fulfilled in, then why are we even doing this in the first place? Yeah. I mean, I think that was, that has always been my stance because, you know, I mean, it, it, for better or worse, you know, we are, we are blessed. We are, we, we are in a comfortable situation to do something that is taking on risk, that is pushing out of your comfort zone with the end goal, not being pure fulfillment doesn't make any sense to me. You know, and so like trying to build something because you want it for the worst case scenario. Why? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, like the world doesn't need another dental office. No offense, everybody. <laughs> but, but the world doesn't need another dental office, right? I mean, Folsom didn't need another dental office in 2017, right? There were a hundred other dental offices, literally. They didn't need another dental office. What you showed was Folsom needed Smile & Co., And so if you're not going to build something that inspires you and fills you and fulfills you, what's the point? And I mean, I think, I think that's been said before, you know, in many times in within this podcast and and, in others, when talking about startups, the world doesn't need another dental office, but with your unique perspective, with your, you know, unique way of delivering a service to patients and inspiring patients to care for their oral health, the world might need whatever it is that you're bringing, right? Folsom obviously needed smiling company. It just didn't need another dental office. It didn't need, you know, Folsom dental number 103. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I got deep at the end. Okay. Do you have anything you want to finish with? Anything to wrap up this last, this bit of the story before we die, before next time you go into some really, really nitty gritty details? I think that, I think that I, I mean, we've had all these back and forth conversations, like whether or not I wanted to do this again. But at the end of the day, I always wanted to do this again. Mm-hmm. But it was the fear of failure, the fear of not living up to someone's expectations, so to speak. And now a lot of us, a lot of you guys know about Smiling Co. You're in the group. Um, just so, so much self-doubt still. And that's something that I, um, I still wrestle with. So we are putting out um, this content for you to let you know that like if you are struggling to do something and you don't know if you really want to do it, like I really ask yourself, like if you couldn't fail, what would you do? So... It's another feel-good episode of the making of Smiling Company. Part two. Part two. No, you sound so dumb. Don't say that. You don't even speak French. Hot Shots was one of the best (laughs) movies of our youth. Anybody that doesn't get the reference is too young. You're too young. Yeah. Anyways. So we're so I'm gonna I'm gonna document the the story, document the process. 
in upcoming episodes. I'll be sure to break it down exactly all the things, the loan documents, the attorney meetings, the broker meetings, the contractor, the architect meetings, all of that stuff. Like this is... The fun's about to begin. The fun's about to begin. So stay tuned. Uh, I plan on at some point creating like a YouTube channel so that you can actually see all of this stuff while it's happening. So um, if you're not already following Ashley Hovis DDS, make sure to follow, reach out, uh, DM me, especially if you are doing this at the same time. Let's cheer each other on. And, um, and don't design a practice that you're going to design just to check all the boxes of what a quote unquote super efficient office is going to look like. Like I have a lot of regrets with the first location and you know, like this is your baby, make it, make it the way you want. Stop comparing yourself to anyone else. I think this is a good place to wrap. Yeah. I think that was the perfect uh, mic drop at the end. So what's Michael always say? Ashley, sign us out. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Making Of. Um, thank you to my co-host, Brian, for being my my passenger. My uh, my Actually, you're like my driver. In I'm just going to say, right now, I'm on the left side, you're so it driver. looks like well, I'm the Well, in London, I would be the driver. Your practice is not in London, it's in California. <laughs> All right, guys, um, tune in, tune in as we build Smiling Co. Part 2. And let me know if you are interested in watching um, a YouTube version of this. So, yeah. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. And we have narrowed, we, we have a date in mind for the startup retreat. November. The weekend before Thanksgiving. The weekend before Thanksgiving. I'm about to put a freaking non-refundable deposit. So y'all better show up. Non, um, but it's it's going to be a small event, so um, you can't all show up. There's only going to be 50 spots. Right. Well, so book early, book the time off now. Um, the group has really continued to grow like crazy. I mean, I feel like a couple of weeks ago we were talking about passing 10,000, and it's like you know another couple hundred people have added since then. If you know people that would uh, benefit from being a part of the group and learn from the group, please reach out to them, share the episode, share the group with them. Um, but most importantly, prepare for this upcoming retreat. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be. Uh, I time. know it will be November, November 16th to the 20th flying in on the Wednesday. We're going to have Thursday and Friday from eight to noon, be like a full on mastermind. And guys, if you've never been to a mastermind, it is awesome. So it's for docs only. We're going to break up into small groups and really dive deep into the things that keep us up at night, the systems that have worked well, the systems that have failed us, firing your first employees, knowing how to invest, like what, what's the next step? How do you get better? So that is what we plan on doing for the half day. We're going to have lunch and then we are off and going wine tasting. And then we have dinner and drinks on the rooftop bar because guys the hotel that i am booking you're not going to want to miss so dun, dun, dun. it's going to be wild it's going to be wild right and maybe we'll uh do a slow build of releasing some of the uh the, 
the the guests, the location, the yeah. events, um, just to just to tease a little bit. But definitely, as soon as uh, as soon as we're taking hard reservations, guys, please uh, reach out because it's gonna be it's gonna sell out fast. It's gonna and okay. So before we wrap, I just I mean I am a CE junkie. I go to so many CEs. Brian actually gets so irritated because I leave him alone with the boys. Thank you, honey. <laughs> um, but I love a good CE. But you know what I love? Connection. Like I feel like a lot of those CEs, a lot of the learning is done after the course wraps and everyone's at the hotel bar and just connecting over drinks. So we are going to make this super like, let's, let's get to know each other. Let's grow as a startup community because what we're doing is, I mean, we, we're all in each other's like, we're all in the same shoes. So we're going to do this. And what better venue than freaking Napa in the fall? My favorite place. It's like heaven on earth. And you, if you guys have never been to wine country, we are going, we're going to show you a good time. Vacation and all the things. It's coming up in November. All right, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode and follow along for part two. Part two. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.